Hello you guys, it's Katie, and welcome back to another episode of Crime and Crochet. In this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the case of Danny Rowling, also known as the Gainesville Ripper, who had at least eight victims throughout his crime spree. So before we actually get started in this case, I do have a sad announcement to make. So not only is next week's episode the last episode of season two, but it is also going to be the last episode of Crime and Crochet in general. So I just have to say a really big thank you to everybody that has listened to even just one episode, let alone if you've listened to all of them. I really appreciate you guys so much, and I know there is a lot of you out there that really enjoy this podcast So I hate to be ending it, but if you guys want more of an explanation, I will have a video out in about a week on my vlog channel, which is Katie being creative as one word and then vlogs as a second word. And it's just going to be an explanation of why I feel like this is going to be best. But um, yeah, I'm not going to ramble too much about all of that. I will talk about it a little bit more at the end of this episode and on the vlog channel as well, like I already mentioned. But with that, we are just going to get into the case of Danny Rowling. Just a little trigger warning before we get into this episode. There are topics of abuse, sexual assault, and murder throughout this episode. So if that's anything that's going to bother you, it is most likely best to click off now. Daniel Rowling was born on May 26th of 1954 in Louisiana, and he was born to his father, who was a police officer named James Rowling, and his mother, Claudia. From the age of birth, according to Danny, he was told that he was an unwanted child by his father, James. Danny, his brother, Kevin, and their mother, suffered a lot of abuse and beatings from the father, James, and there were many stories of her trying to leave him, and then she would come back shortly. Like, there was one time where she went to the hospital claiming that he was trying to get her to cut herself with a razor blade, and shortly after that, she still returned to him, even though he was abusive like this. There were also stories of Danny being pinned to the ground by his father and then handcuffed and then he had the police come take him away just because he was embarrassed by him so very abusive household that danny and his brother and his mother had to deal with when danny was a teenager he did get into some trouble with the law he was caught a couple times watching women through their windows getting dressed which very creepy and he also was arrested several times for robberies and all of that happened in georgia at the time and then as an adult he had trouble trying to acclimate with society and hold down a job at any point he couldn't hold down a job in august of 1990 danny rowling did kill five victims in gainesville florida and that's how he became known as the gainesville ripper Four of those victims went to the University of Florida, 
and one victim went to Santa Fe College. In the early morning hours of Friday, August 24th, 1990, Rowling broke into the apartment that was shared by 17-year-old university students Sonia Larson and Christina Powell. He found Christina asleep on the downstairs couch. He stood over her briefly but did not wake her up, choosing instead to explore the upstairs bedroom. In that upstairs bedroom is where he finds Sonia Larson asleep, and he tapes her mouth shut and then stabs her to death. Then making his way back downstairs, he then also tapes Christina Powell's mouth shut and proceeds to cut her clothing off with the knife he had and then rape her and stab her five times in the back. And because, I guess, murdering and sexually assaulting these women was not enough for Danny, he also decides to pose their bodies in provocative manners. And he stays in their apartment for long enough to get a shower. How insane is that? Just one day later, you guys, on Saturday, August 25th, he breaks into 18-year-old Christina Holt's apartment by prying the sliding glass door open with a screwdriver. When he does this, he finds that she's not home, so he waits for her in the living room to return. And at 11 a.m. when she does return, he sneaks up behind her and places her in a chokehold. Then he puts duct tape on her mouth and binds her wrist behind her back. And that's when he cuts her clothes off her body and rapes her pretty much in the same fashion that he did Christina Powell. Then he again stabs her in the back just like he did Christina Powell. And when he leaves the murder scene this time to go back to his campsite, he actually realizes that he couldn't find his wallet so thinking that he may have left it at the crime scene he returned back to the crime scene and that is when he posed her body just like he did the first two victims and he placed her head on a shelf facing the corpse which is just even more creepy and it seems like each time he's murdering, it is escalating. So even more creepy that he is doing this. At this point, the murders are catching a lot of media attention. I mean, you guys just heard how insane this is, especially with him posing the bodies and all of that kind of stuff. So, of course, it is getting a lot of media attention but he does not stop. Just a few days later, again, this time on Monday, August 24th, he breaks into the apartment of two 23-year-olds. This time it is Tracy Pauls and Manny Tabuna. I apologize, I know I'm saying that last name wrong. But he finds Manny asleep in his room and kills him after a struggle. And that is when Tracy hears the commotion and comes to Manny's room to find Danny. 
I'm not sure if she sees Danny in the act of killing Manny or if she sees him after the fact, but either way, she flees back to her bedroom trying to barricade the door, which unfortunately does not work. He is able to break down the door and he does end up restraining her by covering her mouth with duct tape again and bounding her wrist just like he did the last few victims and he does again sexually assault her cut off her clothing basically the same story even down to posing the body again but this time he does leave manny's body in the same position that he died in so that just goes to show that it is a really perverted thing that he just liked to do after sexually assaulting and murdering these women and I am quite sure the only reason Manny ended up being killed was because he was there and he didn't want to leave any witnesses to be able to call 911 or to even see his face. All of the women victims were white brunettes with brown eyes which is apparently the same as Danny's mother, Claudia. So that does make you wonder if there's something related to that. And at the time, they were obviously investigating, trying to figure out who this killer was. There was one other suspect that they ruled out eventually, but his face was even shown on the news. And he was a student at the University of Florida who did have some mental health issues and he had gotten into a car accident right before or during the time of these murders, and he had scars on his face, so that's what made the police think that he was the culprit in this case, but he was cleared of being the killer. Even before these Gainesville mem- even before these Gainesville murders, back on November 4th of 1989, so a couple months before, there were three family members in Louisiana murdered. 55-year-old William, his 24-year-old daughter Julie, and her 8-year-old son Sean were just in their house cooking dinner and the family was snuck up on and all three of those family members were killed with Julie's body being mutilated, cleaned, and posed after the fact. So because this crime and her body being posed like that was so similar to the Florida murders, once the investigators in Louisiana heard about the Florida murders, they got in contact with investigators from Florida And that's how they made the connection that they were looking for the same killer that was responsible for these murders as well. As they are trying to find the killer, the investigators actually get a call from Crime Stoppers. And the caller says, quote, I think there's one guy y'all need to investigate, Danny Rowling. And that is how they start to investigate. They realize that he had been arrested on September 7th of 1990 for a robbery at a supermarket in Ocala, Florida, which isn't too far, and they go ahead and obviously talk to him and figure out that he is, in fact, the 
murderer and the culprit of all of these crimes. In November of 1991, he was charged with several counts of murder, and on April 20th of 1994, he was sentenced to the death penalty for those crimes. So, y'all, that is it for this case. I mean, other than the fact that he did get the death penalty and he was killed by lethal injection on August 24th of 2006 and that made him 52 years old. So yeah, that is really it for this case. So with that, let's get on to this week's crochet pattern. The watercolors wrap is this week's crochet pattern feature by mason jar yarn designs on instagram etsy and mason jar yarn designs.com if you'd like to use this pattern for free you can do so on mason jar yarn designs.com or on mason jar yarn designs on etsy you can purchase the pdf file of this pattern and this pattern is an intermediate skill level and uses dk weight yarn the design features hand-dyed yarn for a unique, one-of-a-kind finished product and would be gorgeous with any lightweight variegated yarn, and it is perfect for the summertime. Again, this is Mason Jar Yarn Designs on Instagram, Etsy, and MasonJarYarnDesigns.com for the free pattern, and if you would like to see a picture and get the link for it, all of that kind of stuff. That is always on my Instagram at crime and crochet, just to see everything in one place. So it does really sadden me that this is the second to last episode of crime and crochet, but I'm hoping within the next week of this episode being out, so hopefully like right before the final episode is out, there will be the update video on my Katie Being Creative Vlogs channel. And that's just going to be kind of a life update in general, as well as the numerous reasons why I have decided that this is the best decision. But in that video, I'm going to recommend some of my favorite true crime podcasts, true crime YouTubers, all of that kind of stuff. So you guys do have more true crime stuff to look into and look forward to. But with that... I will see you guys in the last episode of Crime and Crochet, and just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for every single person that has even listened to one episode, left a review, anything like that. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Crime and Crochet. I really hope you enjoyed. If you did, the best way you can help me out is to leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening on, as well as if you do want to see more from me, you can always check me out on all of my social medias. They are either at Crime and Crochet or at Crime and Crochet Podcast. Either way, you're going to see the same little logo that I have on the podcast on all of my social medias as well, so if you see that, then you know you're in the right spot. As well as if y'all do want to see more crochet-related content and you didn't know, I am just at Katie Being Creative for all of my regular crochet content that doesn't involve true crime. So that is on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Etsy, Ribbler, 
pretty much everywhere. I am just Katie being creative as all one word if you guys are interested in checking that out. And with all of that, again, thank you so much for listening and I will hopefully see you guys in next Sunday's episode of Crime and Crochet. And of course, as always, make sure y'all are staying safe out there so you don't become one of these victims we talk about every week. Bye, y'all!